This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Hi everyone and welcome back to Beyond the Bell Tower. I'm Ricky Dows and Beyond the Bell Tower is recording its first panel for this podcast. I'm very, very excited to have three other amazing women in this room with me. I've got uh, Joelle Fuchs, Khadijah Parker, and Jaquela Anderson all with me. Um, so at the beginning of the year, we had a brunch with Dr. Eden, um, Dr. Catherine Eden, talking about some of the, the themes around her book, $2 a Day, Living on Almost Nothing in America. And that brunch we had like brought out some of the most genuine conversation that I've heard in like a long time about themes like hunger and homelessness and all those other sorts of things. So I wanted to have something like similar to that for this podcast because that's something we've never done before. We get a lot of single stories on this podcast. We don't get as many like collective um, like panel-y kind of like discussions or discourse. So I really wanted to introduce that um, element to this form of media. So thank you all for joining me today. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to start off by talking about the brunch itself and like Dr. Eden and what that event meant to all of you. Um, for me, I felt like it was a way for her to get the real story. I felt like it, it was a way to get the real story because I know that like we talk about homelessness, but we talk about it as a group thing, generally speaking. But people have their own individual stories of poverty and how they've, you know, went without or, you know, suffered a loss because they didn't have the means to get what they need. So I felt like it was a nice way for her to get individual stories, especially from people of color at NC State, because, you know, it's like it's not many of us here. So like getting our stories, I think is important for, for people looking to come here one day, um, you know, to see themselves in that light, like they could do it too, you know. Now, it's been like a minute since that brunch happened yeah. so it's just like I wish you had gotten a chance to do this closer to when it happened um so I'm just remembering how we've all got these different majors and minors and the combinations of all of them that like all in all lead to our passion somehow mm -hmm. and I just wanted to discuss a little bit more about like how we as first generation college students go about making those kinds of decisions I think for me, because everybody's pushed, at least for like my major. Oh, I've added a third minor. I'm now doing women's studies, Africana studies, and nonprofits. Because um, where I came from is like not like a really, no, I want to say like poor, but like that line between like middle class and poor. Was it working class? Mm -hmm. Like we got enough to like get by, but also just like you also in the red. So it's like. They picked up on the fact that I liked animals. They was like, oh, you should be a vet. That way you can make money. And like, that was like the main conversation. 
And it was then like the older I got, it was like also do something that my parents weren't, but like people around me was like, whatever you choose, pick something that actually makes you happy because I stress out really easily. So then like once I got away from like being home and then being around like a community, like actually like community actually like supports me and wants me to actually be somewhere that's going to like put less stress on me. It was like, oh, I have like more choices to actually do, which is why I switched from animal science to creative writing. And I think then like that also gives me a way as like an outlet to kind of talk about stuff because I'll tell anybody pretty much anything. And it's like I've like written stuff that kind of talks about my personal life and the stuff like I dealt with. I guess uh, I guess my my journey is a little bit different. Um, I was like super interested in the brain in high school. Um, and then once I came to college, I think my eyes were open to like a lot of the things that I had dealt with growing up. Um, and then also like that things that I continued to deal with in college, um, maybe with my family or like my mental health or, um, like financially. Um, and I think as I like moved through college, I realized spaces where I felt um, like I was getting support that I needed. Um, and then I started to know, like notice trends in those spaces. And then I think um, that's sort of what shaped um, me tailoring my major to um, biology with this like concentration in social and biological um, like determinants of mental health and like how uh, systemic structures sort of like influence and like shape how people like mentally like function um and things like that uh i don't really know if i'm answering the question you are okay (laughs) you're answering the question it was just like within your answer i thought about something else um because you talked about how and this is something else we talked talked about at the brunch which i'm so glad you reminded me um you were saying that throughout your time in college is when your eyes were open to a Mm -hmm. lot of the things that you had been dealing with and maybe still like kind of been dealing with Mm -hmm. and one thing that really like struck the inspiration for this episode that I wanted to record was the idea that not a lot of us knew what we were dealing with until after the fact, like this is normal. Like everyone lives like this. And then you get to college and it's like, Oh, Oh no, everyone doesn't live like this. Like it's almost like a, like a wake up call to your economic status. And so, um, one thing that really, really like struck a chord with me at that um, brunch with Dr. Eden was we all had a moment when we knew. And if you guys are like open to sharing some of those stories, like I would love to talk about them more. <laughs> well, I can say, I guess for me personally, because obviously I'm just as much part of this discussion discussion as you know you guys are. Right now, it kind of feels like I'm facilitating mostly, but I mean, I also am a low-income first-generation student, um, I didn't necessarily know that my situation was what it was until it got worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My dad was, like, pretty much the single provider for our home. Um, I thought that was normal. Obviously, you know, as a kid in the, what, last little bit of the 90s, early 2000s, all you saw everywhere in the media was a stay-at-home mom and a dad that worked. You know, I th- that's, that's pretty, pretty normal. Um, 
what wasn't as normal was just like that singular income not really providing a lot of the things that we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wasn't missing much because you know, I was a kid. I didn't really know too, too much about what we didn't have if TV wasn't on for like a week. It's just like I went outside and played, you know, it's that's, that's normal. Sometimes the TV goes out. Sometimes, you know, you eat bologna sandwiches for two weeks in a row and it's just like this is our bologna week, you know. Um, and I don't think I realized that money was a thing that you couldn't have enough of until all of a sudden my dad lost his job and we didn't have any of it. Like it was at that moment when we were kicked out of our house, didn't know where we were going. Dad had really no other prospects for another job because that's the job he had been working at for like 20 years. Um, and I think I realized that that happened maybe when I was like 12 or 13. I feel like I was in seventh grade for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So I know for me, um, I had a mother that she was single on and off. So it would be us and, you know, predominantly us or whoever she was dating. But then they break up and we'd have to move. Uh, but when I got older, so like I'm 21 now. So when I was, um, like I guess, 19, like I started to realize like how much we did not have. But she because she always like provided for us and. I would say we were sort of spoiled because, I mean, I know I didn't hear no much, but I mean, like I got a lot of what I wanted. And like it wasn't until I got much older that I realized that she didn't really have the means to do all that for us, but she wasn't going to tell us no. So it was like a cycle, I guess, of her being put into a deeper pit of like, you know, debt or just spending money that probably should have been left in savings because she wanted us to have things. And, you know, that was tough to realize. I mean, we were homeless for a while, you know, because, um, she would always date these guys and, you know, like, um, I just don't think she really spent her money right when she was with them. I think that, you know, she kind of squandered it. And so when they break up, we'd have to move all of a sudden and it would be so hard to find somewhere to stay. And like, you know, it, like that's when I guess I realized that like we weren't as well off, well off as I thought we were because she was a manager of this fast food place, too. So she wasn't like not making good money for mm-hmm. two kids because um, I have a brother that's like 30. So, you know, he was at the house. So. Like, it was two of us, and she was, like, making what you would consider good money as a manager of a restaurant, but she wasn't saving it right. And, you know, when I got older, I realized that. And, like, even now it's tough asking. Not I don't ask her for anything now, but talking to her because I realized just how much she didn't do when we were younger, like, how much she did not save her money. And it's been, like, really hard because I felt like I just had to figure things out on my own as, like, the middle child. And now I have a sister that just went to college, and she's at ECU. And it's like, I know she's got to figure it out for herself, too, because my mom literally just cannot, like, do for us anymore in terms of, like, money, like, or just even simple things. Like, you want to go out to, like, I wouldn't ask her to, like, pay her own way. She probably couldn't, like, so that's been kind of tough. I guess I can kind of relate to that, too, the whole um, your parents trying to, like, hide it from you. Because even though we weren't, I'm, I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat, sugarcoat it. We had no money. <laughs> like, but as a kid, you know, Christmas still happened. Um, birthdays still happened. I wouldn't have known at all that that wasn't the case because they would try to hide. It. I mean, when you're, I'm assuming when you're a parent, like you want to hide that kind of part of life from your kid because you want them to have a childhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of parents in 
our parents' position kind of make those mistakes of saving and then where we don't learn about saving or how that's, I mean, that's why I don't know about saving. All I know is, you know, you have money, it needs to be spent now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's where a lot of parents in that position make like similar mistakes. I guess for me, I I think I noticed like how much I like moved around. Like we like, we didn't have a place to stay. And for a while, like I, being in the moment, like I didn't think much of it, but then like once I got to college, I was like, yeah. I only have a house like, yeah. like for a minute like we didn't have a place um I don't remember who I was talking to it might have been Sarah uh and she we were talking about like what what homelessness looks like and like how people don't realize like there are different different like there it looks like different things and so like often when people are like, sharing stories they might be like well I'm, I wasn't because like I mean I still had a place to stay but like like not having a place of your own, like uh, that's still also considered it. And so I think for a while, like I didn't think we were. Um, and then when I got to college and like, I was stuck in a situation where like, I, like I wasn't going to have a place to live. Um, I was talking to Sarah about it. And like, that's when we had that conversation and I was like, Oh shit. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> it's not a first time. Like <laughs> <laughs> Because like homelessness does look like different things depending on, you know, who you are. I, just got through doing this show um, in the blood and it's um, a story about like a family. They're homeless. They're literally living underneath a bridge. That's obviously homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you run into Quayla. I know you, so I'm just going to go on ahead. You've shared this story anyway. What am I talking about? Then you, you got people like Quayla who it's like, it's not like she was living on the streets anywhere, but like she literally had to pack up all her things from her house mm-hmm. and bring them to college. And this is like the dorm room is where she has to stay. There's also that homelessness. There's the homelessness of like jumping around from house to house, not really having any place to stay. What exactly is that definition and what does it look like? And at what point do we like accept? Because for a while I did not accept that. I was like, no, we're we're not. We're not homeless. We're we just stay in a different people's houses for a minute. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no. If you have to sleep in your car a couple nights, it's not that big a deal. And it's like you get to college and you're like, that's not yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I accepted it like as soon as I stepped toe into college. <laughs> More so because it was like this when like everything was kind of going on. So I didn't have a choice. Because um, by like March of 2016, both my parents were dead. And then it was like trying to like finish up with finals figure out NC State stuff, prom, graduation, and all and then like also and all that stuff. And then like the summer comes like, oh I'm trying to prepare, get all stuff I need to bring to college was actually going with me to college and then when was and then whatever stuff I can't take. Where is that going? Who's gonna have it? Is it gonna be available to me? Cause um initially I was staying with my cousin because I knew we were going to, like, lose the house and stuff. Like, I already knew it. I have, whatever I have with me now is, like, pretty much everything. And then I have, like, a little bit of, like, stuff at, like, my cousin. I have some stuff in my uncle's. According to my brother, there's some stuff in storage somewhere. I don't know. I also don't know where my baby book is, and I really need to find that. Um, so it was, like, when my cousin, trying to, like, I tried to do, like, scholarships and stuff. She told me to look for, like, scholarships for, like, homeless kids. Because she was, like, basically, you're homeless. Because I didn't really think it was a big deal. Until it was like when like for freshman year there was like for all the dorms they were like, Oh, I think what fall break you can stay there? 
But then for like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like you gotta dip, like that's it. Like mm-hmm. ain't no if, ands, or buts. And I'm just like, where am I gonna go? Type of thing. And especially last Christmas, I had like so like a falling out with my cousin. And so last Christmas, no Thanksgiving, I ended up staying with Ricky and her family for Thanksgiving because I was like, my cousin was like going out like a town and everything, so I won't really have nowhere to be. Even like the departments stayed open on campus. It was like, I ain't really got the funds to kind of like sustain myself for like that pretty much a week. And so Ricky's mom was like, oh, you can bring Quayla home. And so I stayed with them. And then for Christmas was like a different story. It's like three weeks. And I was like, I lived with Ricky for like a whole like two years. So that's fine. But like staying in like her house, I feel like for three weeks would have drove both of us nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like struck, like scrambling and struggling, like telling my, my best friends, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't, my cousin said, I can't stay with her for like that Christmas, like three weeks. I don't, I got like $30 in my bank account. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then she was like, oh, you can stay with me. She was like, she, like, she even asked her mom. She was just like, she already said I could stay with me. And she was like, hey, yo, mom, Quayla's going to be with us for like three weeks. <laughs> I hope that's okay. And so it was just like, I feel like whenever, like, you don't really have a lot, you realize who's pretty much, like, on your team and who's actually, like, willing to, like, kind of help you out. It's just also, it's like, a, it's, like, a lot to, like, think about and deal with because, like, it's still, like, a constant reminder because, like, people have to learn how to, like, not be so prideful and to ask for help because if you don't ask for help, you're not going to get help and you're going to be sensitive, hungry, bored, and cold. You're either going to get, like, a yes or a no. If they say no, you just where you at anyway, so then it doesn't matter. If you get a yes, it's a chance you can change your situation. Yeah, asking for help definitely wasn't a skill I learned till I got to college. <laughs> and not even then, it was when I joined Trio. But I learned <laughs> how to ask for help, and I joined Trio my junior year. So, um, yeah, exactly. I didn't, freshman year, I didn't really ask for too much help, which is something I think we've all kind of been victim of because of the way we grew up you know the whole is the idea of i'm gonna get it by any means necessary like no matter what because it's something our parents you know basically showed us we gonna take care of us kind of deal um and so there was something that i'd heard in each of these stories not just you know ours but um the other women that were at um that brunch with dr eden um where it was just like and I think Quayla had mentioned it. It's like there's this, like the ongoing stressor that is like mm-hmm. always continuous. Yeah, continuous. <laughs> it's like on your shoulders. It's over your head, literally all the time. We have carried this burden, whether we knew it or not, since we were children. And so it's like, I know some of us maybe have let go of it. Some of us maybe haven't let go of it. Just kind of like dealing with that in college now when you've got all these additional stressors like class and work and you know if you live off campus rent if you know food (laughs) insecurity like how do we let go of these things or do they just stay on our back literally the rest of our lives so I'm a psych major not to like that doesn't mean anything but like I always think about these kind of things like when it comes to how we deal with trauma in general I think about like that in general when it comes to like this whole idea of letting go like versus I guess holding on to it but it's like there's a difference between like letting something go and like and like remembering like 
it's in your memory forever. You're never going to like, in my opinion, fully let go because you're not going to completely forget about it. Like, and I guess holding on is different. However, that manifests for different people, uh, how you use your outlets. If you have any, you know, I know I have mine, but everybody hasn't learned how to like cope with, you know, the stressors of everyday life or not knowing how you're going to get from here to here, what you need. Um, but I know for me, I've had, I guess, come to a realization that like, I'm not really like, I wasn't for child, like childhood on up. I wasn't responsible for what happened to me. Like it wasn't as though the people around me didn't love me or didn't care where I ended up or didn't, you know, want the best for me, but they just literally could not, or they made their own choices that inadvertently affected me. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it wasn't my responsibility. I mean, and that sounds harsh for someone that may have like had to help out in their household, but it wasn't, I know for me, that's what I try to tell myself. Like I wasn't responsible. I'm still not responsible for what my, well, in my case, my mother, what she has or does not have, like, because that, you know what I'm saying, was her job. Like she had me and all my siblings. And like, as a parent, it was her responsibility, you know, to be responsible or not be responsible with her money. And like, if she didn't, that doesn't reflect badly on me. But I mean, I have a lot of unlearning to do. Like I noticed that when I get paid, I'm like, I'm hungry, you know, <laughs> and it's like, or, then, or like I like I go to Hillsborough Street. I'm like, man, I could use some Chipotle, but I did not need to be spending that. It's like $10 for a drink and the bowl, like, and even $8 for the bowl. So it, it's, I still unlearn a lot of what I saw her do inadvertently. And like, that's tough in itself, but it's not like. Like I try to get rid of the, I try to work every day. I'm not having this guilt. Like I should be like doing more. And I, I think it's hard in college. We saw these people doing great things. Like people that are like literally got their job lined up and they're not even a senior yet. Or they are a senior and they're going to be making 10 K. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be set for life. And you're sitting here and maybe you won't have that reality when you graduate. It's like really hard to not compare, but I try really hard not to do that. Like, but yeah. I put so much stress on myself and so much, like, I criticize so much. It's like, I hate the idea of having a go in my savings, even mm-hmm. if it's, like, for, like, an emergency. I hate it. I hate it so much because it's, like, I feel like I'm falling into, like, the path, like, my like, parents mm-hmm. did because, like, I don't think they even had, because I don't think they had, like, a lot of their savings because either way, they were in the red. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I know at least with for credit and you would have to keep $25 in your savings. I'm, like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> but it's like with what i like what i like worked and try like to discipline myself to do to where i have money in my savings just like i i hate that i have like re- i guess like regressing mm-hmm. especially when i see other people on campus some of my friends like they like they don't like they don't like all this stuff and i just feel like kind of left behind but it's like because like when like Ricky and my other friend and i'm like oh they're like they're off campus i'm like i want to do off campus <laughs> it sounds like it's stressful, but I was like, I feel like you get like a little more freedom. It's so listen, stressful. Listen, man. don't rush it. Don't yeah. even rush it, man. I look, if I can get back on campus and telling point, you, don't like, crazy. Rent coming up in like a couple of days. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll be in this month and I got to pay like, oh, man, I just paid. It's back again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, I just felt left behind because I felt like I wasn't keeping up and doing what I was like, I guess, like supposed to do. And I had like a whole breakdown, like the whole like TV breakdown, like you like you go in the bathroom and like cry. I'm at work when this happens. And it's like I tell Ricky, I tell my other friends, and she's just like, first of all, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and then she kind of like gives me like this little like pep talk thing. It's like, 
because it was like she told me she was proud of me and I told her like what I had in my savings and, then, and all this stuff and I'm trying to do with you was like first of all you don't have to have like a mortgage payment in your savings and it's like I don't need to like rush and do what society kind of wants me to do mm-hmm. and as is a like where I think I should be and where I'm like at and then so it's like I have my own set path or where I'm going, how I'm getting there. I don't know how I'm getting there, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm where I'm kind of like, like, so like, I guess like supposed to be. And it's like, I don't need, and then don't, like, I don't need like to rush into adulthood. Cause like, I don't know if I'm an adult or not. Cause I know as a kid, I tell you like, when you start paying bills, kind of like you're like, you're an adult <coughs> or you yeah. grown. And I'm just like, I don't want to be grown. It's like I live with. And it's just trying to find that balance. And it's like, I wish I didn't have to like teeter totter. I wish I like I had somebody come to like show me like the like rules as like a kid. So like when I got here, it's like oh, this is kind of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So to be trying to like find it myself and then like struggle. And I know like as an adult, you're still gonna make mistakes, but I was like, can I not make as many? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On like the road to get there. Because like here's the thing, and this is a pep talk I have to give myself often. I don't think we realize because of the background we came from like you were saying you wish you had someone to show you we didn't have mm-hmm. someone to show us um so we didn't have someone to be like this is how life works not to say our parents didn't do their best or I, I won't speak for everyone my parents did their best but it's like I still don't know and so this is where I have to remind myself literally constantly and the same thing I told her it's like I am 21 I do not have to have it all figured out right now. Just being in college right now is miles ahead of where anyone in my neighborhood, anyone in my family thought I would be mm-hmm. yeah. where and like just being as a first generation college student, this is already one of the greatest accomplishments you've already took a step towards doing. So the whole and they always tell us in these workshops and these saving money, you know, little camps or whatever they are, conferences and all that, where they're just like, you know, make sure you have like at least a full month's salary or something in your savings account. And it's just like, look here. <laughs> That's not possible. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And you don't have to have $10,000 in a savings account when you're, you know, 18, 22 years old. Right. Like, Yes, it's important to do that unlearning that, you know, we learned, you know, growing up about, you know, here's a check, spend it, here's a check, spend it, like that check to check kind of living. Yeah. It's good to unlearn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good to unlearn those behaviors. But at the same time, I can't expect the skills that, first of all, most people in their 20s don't have. A lot of our peers that are doing well off and doing fine and aren't struggling are doing well, not because they have savings in their account, but because they have people to help them. Mom and daddy. So, like, we can't expect to have the skills that most people don't acquire until their mid-30s when we're in our, like, early 20s. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of that so much. Like, we don't have to have this figured out quite yet. Yeah. But because we come from where we've come from, we feel like if it's not done now, we're failing. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you guys have... This is psychology jargon. So, <laughs> so self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know if y'all heard of that. Um, yeah. It, it, for the viewers, listeners. <laughs> uh, I want to say viewers, listeners. <laughs> cool. It's where you 
basically if you it's like that that negative voice in your head whatever it is whatever or whatever you see yourself doing or not doing it's like you act in that way so if you don't see yourself getting some work done by a certain amount of time you might put it off or if you don't see yourself whatever it is it's like you act in a way you like if you don't believe you have enough time to do something you won't do it or you'll partially do it like I know for me it's been tough to really work out of that because like I can be my own worst critic I know some people can relate or maybe not but like I tell myself all the time you don't have the time to do this it's not going to get done unless you literally have the entire day you go lock yourself in the room or the library these days <laughs> and you just go to the ninth floor and you sit there you do all your work and you don't come down till it's done and you don't stop you don't call nobody you don't text nobody you turn your phone off I don't do that but like you know <laughs> you tell yourself to go yeah yeah and like I feel like that's so hard to get out of well for me it's been hard to get out of my own head with like what I can and cannot do because like Mm -hmm. I remember um I mean I'm a senior now like I transferred here so I went to another school and then I came here and it was a big mind blower because I went to Central and like that's an HBCU smaller and it's a lot more black people and it's a lot more people that <laughs> a lot, a lot more people that, you know, openly talked about, well, yeah, man, I'm struggling too. And, you know, their first generation and all that. And I come here and I meet people that are way well off. Like exactly. they're, I mean, they got ridiculous amounts of money and I'm not saying they didn't earn it. Cause that's not fair. You know, if their parents want them to be well off, that's their right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, yo, like you don't even realize like how much, how good you got it. Like I have a best friend. She's my first roommate when I got here, when I was living at Woodhall and we're still friends to this day. And like, she just got married like back in August and with her longtime partner every year. And I was just like, no, you didn't. And she told me, I was just like, you did not get married. And then she was like, yes, I did. And she showed me the certificate. I was like, oh, man. And like, it was just a certain amount of, like, I was happy for it, But I was just like, you don't even realize how, like, privileged you are to be able to just up and get married. Like, if I were to do that, like, my family would like, it wouldn't, like, be mad. But they would be like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be like, why? Probably like, it's just a certain amount of like privilege that other people have around here and they flaunt it. And like, I don't know if they mean to, but they just like, yeah, I'm going on a cruise. Yeah. I just spent this much money on this brand new car. Like, we can't go on this trip. You don't have money say we're trying mm-hmm. to go here. You want to come? And it's like, I don't have 500 just to blow on a like trip. Like yeah. I don't have it like that fam. And like, I don't, it's just really tough to like, navigate that space and express to people like, you know, I would love to partake, but um, I can't like my job. I work I work on campus and at the call center and then sometimes they do team building. Where we got to eat and stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> sometimes I can't go because yeah. I really just don't have it. Like, it's not like I don't want to hang out with y'all. I just I ain't got it like that. And it's like really hard to express to someone that doesn't that has a certain level of like privilege, like why you just can't do something like they because in their mind, just like why can't you and it's like I just I can't like and like I wouldn't even feel right like even if I had the means to do it like I would still feel guilty because it's like you know you got bills you know you got all this stuff why are you spending money frivolously like and like I think that's the hardest thing in the world I guess maybe it goes back to a podcast I would listen to earlier um with someone that like the um imposter syndrome like this lady that was on this podcast similar when she did one I think I forget her name but Sarah told me about it so you should, oh, you should listen to it yeah 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 
Oh, I know. Yeah, she was like, about. you should listen to it. And so I did, and I was like, hmm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> like, like even yeah. when I'm here sometimes, I just be looking around like, how the hell? Like, and I'm a senior, and like, I've been here for a while. <laughs> like, I still don't be believing it. You know, I like a lot of stuff that I didn't think I'd get to do, like research and just like finishing, like finishing school, summer school. I did that. I was here in Wolfridge this summer. And I was just like, wow like i'm still here i'm like i sometimes have to get out of my own head i guess with the like you didn't earn it you don't you don't belong here like because like you really can't get caught up in that and like you can start acting as though like you don't belong but like that's not the case like and trio definitely helped me out with that ouch and um uh like trio helped me out with that my friends that i have made through roommate situations or whatnot like and just like reaching out to people when i need help like in counseling like that has like helped reaffirm me like for sure like i would encourage other people to do the same because like i don't want i don't think anyone should feel like they don't belong right. here or anywhere like if you got in then like you earned your way in like don't let statistics or like you're not seeing enough of yourself here which that's the problem um so i don't let don't, don't let like don't let this don't let outer things influence like how you feel about you like you being here like if you're still here like there's like then you earned it like but I feel like everybody should feel that way and like it's just hard like, when you're not the a typical college student that's just got a thousand in savings magically <laughs> yeah you know I think that's why I picked the friends why I get the friends I pick I get um because like initially she was gonna be my roommate freshman year I was gonna have a Leo she which who who is in trio but it was like I wouldn't have met this one. I don't know what ha- I don't know what miracle did this, <laughs> but like the people I end up like end up come like in my friend circle, I feel like are like beneficial for me because I feel like I wouldn't have made it to a junior year mm-hmm. if I didn't because this was in my corner within like the first couple weeks of school. Like I even met her, but it was just like because she was like dying like the first few weeks. She was like sick. And it was just like a theme. <laughs> like, her music was like My absolutely hates me. terrible. And I was like, even though we was in like this like tiny little room for golf, mm-hmm. I didn't really catch it, but it was just like, I guess like us being that close in that little space was like, either you're going to get along or you're not. And it was like, I just like so glad I met her because it was like, she's like been my little like pet coach. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, to hear about her background more so like towards like, the end like the year and everything get her to know about trio you're welcome <laughs> yeah because i joined trio my junior year i didn't join trio like freshman sophomore none of that and it was because she was in trio starting her freshman year and she told me about it and i'm like well i didn't know that was a thing um i didn't know that existed someone could have told me about this when I <laughs> yeah here, and that would have been useful yeah. and so i signed up and i was like oh this was what i needed cool <laughs> and then yeah. Like the friends I've made, all my friends are kind of in the same situation I am, and like we like 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 we all broke, and it's like we all kind of like living like, <laughs> check to check, trying to like figure out life, and it's like it's good to have people who kind of like go through the kind of like same things you are, because then it's like oh we can just like group together and like fight whatever villains coming out. I haven't watched a lot of anime. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that <laughs> metaphor though. I like that. It is a lot easier for sure when. Yeah. Um, you've got people in your corner that are from like a, of a similar background that you are. Because when I'm hanging out with trio students, it's like I don't even feel like I have to prove anything here. Like I, I know, know. Um, but because I am super extroverted and social, 
there are also other friend groups that I'm like hanging out with all the time. And so we'll be doing some free activity that I suggested because I'm frugal like that. (laughs) All right, we're done with this. Let's go like get something. eat. I'm like, you missed the moral of the story. Um, We're not spending money at this social event. Um, (laughs) I have to go because it's like, oh, man, they're all going to eat. Fine, whatever. But it's like. You just bought like three weeks of groceries in your apartment. You don't need to spend this extra money, but it's like this, like this pressure almost. And I don't want to say pressure because no one's going to like make you do anything you don't want to do, but it's just like, it's so effortless for people to spend money. Like it's so effortless for someone to be like, we're just going to go grab something to eat real quick. You know, come along, hang out. We're just going to go do this real quick. We're, you know, it's most of the time eating, but it's like, you know, it could be in any number of things that someone's inviting you out to do. And it's like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's only like this eight, $9 I'm spending one time. But if you're doing that on a weekly basis, that adds up. And mm-hmm. then it's like, then the food in your house spoiled. Now what you going to do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could add on to that, I think about, well, not, I don't want to say people of color do this, but I think that we do tend to keep things to ourselves. Well, for me and my family, I know we tend to keep things like that under wraps. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, only we know. Nobody on the outside is supposed to know. And I think that that is probably the problem is like what you keep in and like what you don't release is like something that you're struggling with. It just kind of builds up until something happens that's really hard to handle. And, and people around you are like, why didn't you tell me? And then it's just a cycle. I know for me, it's been hard to reach out, but like I think it's necessary to like. I guess break that cycle of like the stigma that comes with like looking I guess weak for some people yeah I know people that just they just don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing or they don't want to sound weak to anybody so they just don't say anything so things get worse and then something happens and then they need help but like this whole time they could have asked and they didn't and I know it's been hard to unlearn for me personally I know in communities of color we don't talk about like mental health as a whole we'll talk about that we'll talk Mm -hmm. about like money you know things that uh, you know, could be better with our education system, things our kids are going through now. Like, and it's really weird to see that divide. Like my sister, she's like a two thousands baby, I'm a nineties baby. <laughs> and like there's like a clear difference of what she's into and what I'm into, like cartoon wise especially. I'm like, oh my God, this is not real cartoon. <laughs> and they're not good. They're not as good as like Tom and Jerry. Like I don't oh, care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like on a serious note, like I know there's things that like she doesn't understand that I like maybe know more about because of like what was important for communities of color in the 90s, which was like, well, the government said, like, stopping us from having kids too young or like, you know, STDs, AIDS, the AIDS epidemic, you know, because only we have AIDS, right? Like, only we only we get it and transmit it to ourselves. And like, you know, like, I just feel like it's it's just really hard to unlearn, like, centuries of like, just feeling like you have to save face, like, mm-hmm. present strong, you know, whatever it is. Especially, you know, with single parent households, like, because like, that parent is like the face of the household. So, like, they're getting asked every question. <laughs> like, they're, they have to do a whole lot. They, and they're doing two people's jobs. Like, it's not, like, it's no wonder they stress out and they maybe age quicker, whatever. Their health fails them because you're doing the work of two whole people. And God, if you have more than one kid, that's got to be like hard as hell. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how my mom did it. Like, now that I'm old, I'm just like, how did you? Like, I, I hate babysitting to an extent. Like, I can't deal with more than one kid. <laughs> like, how did you manage with two of us, three of us at one point by yourself? Like, I, I you know, that I just think about that, too. Just like, it's not, I mean, I guess we make it look easy, but it's not, you know. Uh, I like, I kind of talked about it in uh, the episode that I did with Sarah. Yeah. Um, but like, 
like also with the financial independence, like it's like the first time I actually really had to like deal with like what does saving money look like and like understanding that whole thing. And so like part of me was really proud of myself because like I actually like I had it like a savings that was like pretty solid. Like I had like built it through these four years and then um, all this stuff happened with my financial aid this past semester. And like basically they were just like, okay, well, like all these things are happening. So you're just going to pay tuition or you can't graduate. And like, it's my last semester. And I was like, everything that I had like done, like the past four years, like I was going to have to like spend it on the tuition. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I, I kind of just like sat there for like weeks. Like, I don't know what to do. And like, I was taking it really hard because it was like, I kind of felt like I was like, actually like, like ahead of the curve. Like I was doing these things that I needed to do. I was saving money. Like I was like, I already know that being in school was the only way I can sort of afford some of these, like, like I can afford my rent and like, I can do things like that. And so like I was saving. So as soon as I got out, like I'd be able to support, support myself and my dad and like the rest of my siblings. Cause there's seven of us. And like, just like trying to like, I was like being ahead of it. So then like when they hit me with the, like, yeah, you're not going to get aid and like, you're not going to get any of these things. Um, and cause also like unpack promise. So I was like, what you mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm half promise too. So I'm just like, that's why I accepted. Like I was literally like, all right. And so it was just like, I felt like, I always feel like there's always something that's going to happen where I'm not going to graduate. Like, and that was, that was like one of the bigger ones. I was like, you're not even going to get out of here. Like you didn't deserve to be here in the first place. And now like you're behind these two semesters because you couldn't keep your mental health together. So you had to drop out. And then like all these things. And I was like, now finally you're at the end and you can't even finish because like you fucked it up from like way back when. And I was just like really in my feelings. Um, and the like financial thing like like really hurt. But it's so good to have people in your corner like Sarah because she was like, <laughs> <ruined>, like <laughs> what do you mean y'all going to give her this money? Like, <laughs> And she was just like extremely helpful with it. Um, and so I'm like kind of a really big, like big advocate for like having people that are like they're your cheerleaders, but also like this idea of like not making people feel like they're other or like invisible. Um, Cause I think that's like one of the identities I've noticed the most in like uh, circles like this and like uh, people where I feel more comfortable. It's like, there's this constant like invisibility, this constant, like you make yourself not noticeable because like you're not trying to say too much. At least I, I can't speak for everyone, but at least for me, it's like, um, I, I don't talk much naturally, but like I, I try to like, keep low profile, like, uh, keep my voice down. I don't really talk much because I'm just like, I'm not trying to have y'all trying to like pull something out about my situation or like, I'm not trying to share more than I need to. Like, I'm just trying to get through this, like, like, like onto the next. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, it is what it is. Y'all don't need to know. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so it's hard when you're struggling too, because then it's like, no one, like you were never trying to really make yourself notice. So like, like now when you're struggling, like people don't notice. And then like, you kind of just, it's like this like cycle. And then like you're spiraling down because like, you're just like, who am I? Like, I'm not even important. Like it's, it's hard to deal with. Um, for sure. For sure. Especially when you have, cause I've definitely in the past working on it this year, probably for the first time. And I don't know, like my entire life where it's like, you are this person who from the outside looking in, it's just like, this is just a person that, you know, it's just chilling, you know, mm-hmm. just minding their business. They don't say much. It's fine. I mean, I talk, but it's like not about anything of substance, you know? Right. Um, 
And so when you're going through it, you're still this person like who is just like, oh, they're not saying much. They're being quiet. Not much is happening. It's like, no, there's actually like a war going on in my mind right now. But it's because you've given off this facade almost of like the whole unbothered basically personality trait where it's like you could be bothered (laughs) and no one would really know. Right. Unless they are the people in your like sure enough circle that can like Quayla was saying that can like pick up on okay yeah. something's going on yeah I think that's super important which is why I was like I was here for it when you said that like you have people like that because um it's it's just nice to know that people like will notice even like the smallest things like no nah, I mean like your tone don't sound right like <laughs> yeah you good that's yeah. a real one yeah. it's just like man the way you blink just then I don't know <laughs> something's off, off. something's yeah. wrong yeah, I have a my friend that's married. It's weird. She's married, but she still texts me every morning. I'm like, are we married? <laughs> like she's she's that kind of friend. Like, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Every day, like it's rare where she don't be talking to me. Like me and her are not talking to each other, and it's like, you know, like that. That's a ride or die right there. So there has been so much that we've touched on. In honestly, this is something like this is literally something I could do for hours at a time and literally just talk to every single person in trio and like have this conversation literally on like a constant basis because I loved what happened during that brunch. Um, I love that it was like, and this is, this is a community. I don't feel like I have to hide myself in and it's a place where I feel like I could have that conversation freely and not like have the whole why don't this or you know why haven't you to end like that sort of like no I can't stand it when I get that way like around other people because like they don't know but like when I was like at that brunch with you guys and with you know all the other women there and then with Dr. Um, Eden it was like I'm understood here (laughs) um and there was just like a lot of love in that room and so I kind of wanted to recreate some of the conversations that were happening there. I do want to keep doing these kinds of episodes for the podcast um, because, like, honestly, it's, I feel like things go a lot smoother. Like, honestly, the fact that we've been able to sit here and record for literally an hour and a half, like, this was so effortless and easy because it was people of, like, a similar background all talking about um, just, like, life in general. And, um, there was thing I remember, I don't think she said it during the brunch, but it was during another like sort of event that I saw her at where we were talking about like kind of like the stress that comes with coming from the background that we've all come from and how it like weighs on us all the time. And it's just like someone had asked her is like, how do you like not get tired? How do you not give up hope? How do you sit there knowing this is the background you've come from? This is like the situation you're still in, still dealing with in a lot of ways because it's trauma. Let's, I mean, I've accepted now that it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I've accepted at this point that it's like, yo, we've all been through trauma. Um, And it's like, how do you sit in it and like not just like lose hope, you know, for however long you're dealing with this? And well, that is one way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So many ways you can do it. Um, well, something that stuck with me that Dr. Eden had said was just like, just seeing people like us, people in the same situations to people in worse situations is like, they're the people with the least and yet they're the ones who are 
like most likely to give. Mm-hmm. So humble. Yes. And so I love that part about Trio. And I love that part about the people in Trio, like, you know, Sarah, Rebecca, Courtney, Don, all of us, any of the students in general, it's just like all of us, we all, like Quelo said it best, like we all broke. <laughs> we all, none of us got it like mm-hmm. that. But I know if I need anything, I can come to this community of a bunch of people who literally don't have nothing mm-hmm. and I can get it. So, yeah, that's why I just really loved about this conversation that we had. Um, before we do, you know, close everything up, wrap it up with a neat little bow and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been super interested in, because I've noticed a lot with the episodes that I've been editing that it's like the stories all kind of go the same way. Like we're all dealing with stuff. We've all dealt with things in the past. We've all been through some traumatic things. Maybe there's a hiccup in the line somewhere along in our college career that like throws us off, but we've all overcome. Like we've all been like extremely successful during our time here. And so like, I'm just proud of all of you for that. (laughs) Congratulations. You guys about to like graduate soon. I wish I was on that boat with you. This is my fourth year here. I will be here for a fifth. Now. (laughs) I just want to say that. You graduate. (laughs) It's looking like fall of 2021. (laughs) Day two. No. Yeah. We're going to talk about that, but you know. Yeah. Retroactive withdrawals. Um, There's a like that though it happens yeah um like i was saying you guys literally are all just like amazing success stories despite where you have come from and i couldn't ask for like a better group of like not just students but like women of color to literally look up to and like we're all the same age but i still look up to all of you (laughs) seriously um I couldn't ask for like a better community to be a part of. And I know you're all going to do some super amazing things. And, you know, don't be surprised if I like ask for an update and check in, you know, (laughs) pop in what's going on, make sure some of these issues have been resolved. Um, (laughs) um, So, yeah. Thank you, uh, Joelle, Khadija, Quayla, so much for uh, talking with me today. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.